0: We're talking about transforming the world and being the change and these very lofty concepts. But I hope what they see is that big lofty concepts really contain lots of little teeny tiny steps, right, that are repeated and built upon over time.
1: This is Berkeley Voices. I'm Ann Bryce. In March, we're going to share a special three-part series of Be the Change, it's a podcast hosted by Berkeley Law's Savala Nolan, where she interviews changemakers about how they became and are becoming the change they want to see in the world. To introduce the series, I talked with Savala about Be the Change and why it's been such a passion project for her. Savala, thanks for joining me today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: So first, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection to UC Berkeley?
0: Well, I direct the Feltony-Henderson Center for Social Justice at UC Berkeley's law school and have been there for, goodness, going on seven years. The time definitely flies. Um, I also teach a class for first-year law students on movement lawyering, which is a particular type of lawyering and identity. I'm a UC Berkeley alum, go Bears. I graduated from the law school in 2011. And I'm also a writer. I'm an essayist. And um, that definitely informs my work, including, you know, wanting to do this podcast and how I talk to people. Um, My first book is Don't Let It Get You Down, a collection of essays about race, gender, and the body.
1: Can you tell me a little bit more about your book? When did it come out and um, what is it about if people haven't read it yet?
0: Yeah, it was published by Simon & Schuster in 2021 and um, was a literal dream come true. And I was very lucky to have tons of support from my colleagues at the law school and at UC Berkeley more broadly in terms of writing the book and also getting it out there. It's a collection of essays that form a sort of memoir where I really talk about my own body, but also the bodies of of my parents and sometimes celebrities and other people as a way to explore how the personal and the political are often in conflict and collision throughout our lives and as an attempt at um, helping folks understand the body as a site of power and knowledge and epiphany.
1: In 2017, um, I had been at Berkeley for about two years and I came across your summer podcast series called Be the Change. And I was blown away by the conversations that you had with people, all of whom are very public facing and highly respected in their fields including people like Judge Thelton Henderson, whom the Social Justice Center is named after, and Virgie Tovar, an activist and an author working to end anti-fat bias. All of your conversations were so um, candid and personal and just really thoughtful. And so now, several years later, we're making season two of the podcast, um, which I am extremely excited about. And I was wondering, could you talk about why you first started Be The Change? And what was and is your goal of the podcast?
0: Well, my my very first goal was simply to keep in touch. You know, as you mentioned, it was a summer podcast. so We recorded in the spring and then played the episodes throughout the summer. And I love Berkeley. <laughs> you know, I love the law school. That's like my home base. But I love the whole community. and frankly I felt like I was going to miss people over the summer and i I wanted us to have some kind of shared experience um and, and that that was the sort of initial initial yearning behind the first season of the podcast but beyond wanting to keep in touch, I wanted to contribute something to the community that would help folks really be brave and think about, their lives and their gifts and their work um, as things that are full of possibility and as things that are potentially really, really expansive and transformative. Um, I wanted to have conversations that would help all of us in the community build our capacity to be the change we want and need in the world, right? To try our hand at living our ideals, not in a theoretical daydreamy pie in the sky sense, although daydreaming is great and important and I do it all the time. Um, But in a practical roll up your sleeves, get in there and go for it sense. Interviewing people who are already, um, doing this kind of go for it work, right? Who were already building the nonprofit from scratch, who were already, you know, taking the mic at the conference and voicing um, their opinion, who were already writing the book, hearing from people who were already embodying the change that they want to see, or we want to see in the world felt like a really terrific Immediate, intimate way to remove some of the mystery right around the process of making change, and um, you know, I think I think it worked. I was able to have conversations with people who, uh, through their work and their personal life, embody a deep and often innovative commitment to justice and fairness and equity. And um, it was a ton of fun, right? So that's another part of this is that it's really fun to have these conversations and hang out with people and then share them into the community where hopefully they have an impact.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you find that when, in this medium of podcasting, when you're talking to these people who many of whom you've talked to before and you know on on different levels, um, personal and professional do you find that having these conversations where you're like sitting down and talking face to face, either in person or, you know, on computers, but still looking at each other? Do, have you had are the conversations different than you than you've had with them before?
0: Absolutely. I mean, there. I think there's something magical about two microphones or a recording booth, you know, it It makes me think of like, you know, not at all in the romantic sense, but like it's the difference between fluorescent light and like candlelight. You know, getting in the recording booth with someone. it It just feels special mm-hmm. and um intimate, just in the sense of two people relating to each other with a lot of honesty. The conversation always goes somewhere unexpected. You know, I always laugh. I always learn something about someone who I thought maybe I knew a ton about. And that just personally, like selfishly, has been really fun for me to get to see a different side of people than um, I normally see. But also I hope that it's revelatory and interesting for listeners.
1: Mm -hmm. So the people that you talk to, they're all embodying the change that they want to see in the world in all different ways. And they're at often different points in their careers and and in their, their work that they've been doing. And I'm curious how you choose who you interview.
0: Well, I'm thinking about people who, through their work or perhaps their personal life, or you know, by dint of their identities, are creating new ripples and waves of transformation, right? Whether big or small, the tangible, appreciable benefits of which redound to the common good, and especially to marginalized people and communities. I guess that's kind of a poetic way of saying that I look for people who have started something that wasn't there before, And that makes the
1: world a better place. So we talked a little bit about who you spoke with during your last season. And I was wondering if you could give us a little preview of this season, maybe who you talked to and a tidbit from each of your conversations.
0: Oh, I would love to. So I loved all three of these conversations, and each was wide-ranging and surprising and fun. But I will try to pluck a personal highlight from the mix for each one. So I spoke with Kiara Bridges, who is a professor at UC Berkeley School of Law and a brilliant, courageous public intellectual. About how she learned to fully embody her Black womanhood in this world of academia without apology or disguise. And, you know, that was a journey, that was a process. She's been in this game for a long time, and it was validating and interesting and like practically useful to hear her talk about her process to being um, more authentically herself. And her professional life. I spoke with Porvi Shaw, who is a celebrated civil rights attorney and an activist who's been on the ground for years, I mean, for you know, more than a decade doing legal work with and on behalf of grassroots social movements. And she also happens to be the woman who created and now runs the Movement Law Lab, a legal nonprofit. She started it from scratch, and I loved hearing her talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of that process, and also hearing her thoughts about what she wishes she'd known before she embarked on the process of building a legal nonprofit from the ground up. Last but not least, I spoke with Najun Menka, who is a Berkeley professor who's innovating at the undergraduate and graduate level by teaching courses she created through a decolonial lens.
1: So today is March 1st, and it's the beginning of Women's History Month, and I was wondering if you could talk about the importance of highlighting and celebrating accomplishments of women, especially women of color, in the work that you do.
0: Let me answer this first by explaining the origin story of the Henderson Center, because it is meaningful here. The center was founded by four female professors at the law school in the wake of Proposition 209. And for listeners who aren't familiar with 209, um, it continues to be the law of the land. And it was a voter initiative in the mid-1990s that California uh, voters passed that did a number of things, but for our purposes, most importantly made consideration of race and gender illegal um, at public universities like UC Berkeley. It had a really profound and devastating impact across campus, including at the law school, and it was because of that impact that that our founders created the Henderson Center. So I mentioned that just to say that we are always interested in. How gender impacts our ability to live a full, empowered life, you know, as a citizen of the planet. We're always interested in questions that impact women and women identified people. I use the term women as broadly as I can. And we're always interested in the barriers that get erected that prevent people of different genders from flourishing. So, you know, for that reason alone, we have a special interest in highlighting and celebrating the accomplishments of women and women of color. But putting aside our origin story, you know, we uplift the work of women and women of color, um, in particular, as you said, as a corrective, right, to historical and ongoing erasure. And in a way that we hope will be prophylactic and protective against future erasure, it's uh, fundamentally, you know, it's a way to engage with the true breadth of the good work that's going on in the world. And if we ignore the work of women and women of color, you know, it, <laughs> it's to our loss, right? Like we, we, if we ignore the work of women and women of color, that means ignoring intuition and power and truth and ideas and innovation that, you know, comes from more than half of the population that, that is, and would be a grave mistake. So as it happens, you know, my guests this season are women who are doing brilliant, daring work. It wasn't, planned that this would be released in March, but that's how the calendar unfolded. And it's a happy accident because sharing their work with people feels not only important for the reasons I've described, but it feels good and celebratory and joyful and honestly just right for this time of the year.
1: I was wondering, could we go back just um, for a moment to talk about the Felton Henderson Center and the work that you do there and and what its main goal is at Berkeley Law and at the UC Berkeley campus.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think of the main goal of the Henderson Center as being to ensure that that sometimes difficult but always meaningful conversations about power and privilege and subordination and autonomy are part of law school life. You know, our goal is to make sure that no student, if we can possibly help it, leaves Berkeley Law without being conversant in questions of social justice and without being able to bring a social justice lens to their work. Whether they end up being a partner at a law firm or starting their own legal nonprofit like Poor V. Shaw, that's up to them. And we acknowledge that people have different paths, right? But we want them to be able to think about questions of power and privilege and equity in their work, no matter where their work takes them. In order to do that, we do a little bit of everything at the law school. You know, I teach, as I mentioned, um, we do, you know, at least one program a week that's designed to help students build their capacity around social justice work. Again, regardless of where their career takes them, we want them to be able to think like a social justice lawyer when uh, that's what's called for. We support students with mentorship, with summer fellowships. We administer the Race and Law Certificate and the Public Interest and Social Justice Certificate at the law school. So it's a mix of community building, intellectual stimulation, mentorship, tangible financial support and lots and lots and lots of capacity building—that is really the heart of what we do at the law school.
1: So the three people that you interview for this season to be the change: Kiara Bridges, Porvi Shah, Najun Menka—they're all lawyers um, working and embodying the change that they want to see in the world. And and so I'm wondering, what do you hope that listeners feel? when they hear these conversations and what do you hope they come away with
0: well i hope they feel inspired and um you know it's a cheesy word but i i use it advisedly right i hope that they feel stirred awakened like maybe they have a little more faith in the spark inside them that is capable of transforming the world these are very big words right and that's because The problems are big and our aspirations are big, but I think when they listen to the conversations, I hope that they'll hear that even small things add up, right? So we're talking about transforming the world and being the change and these very lofty concepts, but I hope what they see is that big lofty concepts really contain lots of little teeny tiny steps, (laughs) right? That are repeated and built upon over time, Um, I hope they laugh like I laughed in all of these conversations and I hope that they have fun and, and get to see and hear a side of maybe familiar faces that they hadn't before. And really, truly, truly, I hope that they take away practical knowledge, you know, action steps, for lack of a better word, that they can you know meld and transform and layer on to their own dreams and their own projects right i hope that they take away not just a sense of having gotten to hang out with some cool people and feel inspired but tools right that they can use in their journey to be a transformative force in the world
1: This season of Be the Change is a collaboration between Berkeley Law and the Office of Communications and Public Affairs at UC Berkeley. It was produced by me, and Bryce. To hear each episode, follow Berkeley Voices wherever you get your podcasts and look for the special Be the Change series. You can listen to the episodes and read the transcripts on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash You can also find Be the Change on Berkeley Law's podcast hub at law.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.